This morning's reading is from the second letter of Paul to the Corinthians, chapter 10. 2 Corinthians, chapter 10. By the humility and gentleness of Christ, I appeal to you, I, Paul, who am timid when face to face with you, but bold towards you when I'm away. I beg you that when I come, I may not have to be as bold as I expect to be towards some people who think that we live by the standards of this world. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and to take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience once your obedience is complete. You are judging by appearances. If anyone is confident that they belong to Christ, they should consider again that we belong to Christ just as much as they do. So even if I boast somewhat freely about the the authority the Lord gave us for building you up rather than tearing you down, I will not be ashamed of it. I do not want to seem to be trying to frighten you with my letters. For some say his letters are weighty and forceful, but in person he is rather unimpressive and his speaking amounts to nothing. Such people should realise that when we are what we are in our letters, when we are absent, we will be in our actions when we are present. We do not dare to classify or compare ourselves with some who commend themselves, for they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves. They are not wise. We, however, will not boast beyond our proper limits, but will confine our boasting to the sphere of service God himself has assigned to us, a sphere that also includes you. We are not going too far in our boasting, as would be the case if we had not come to you. For we did get as far as you with the gospel of Christ. Neither do we go go beyond our limits of boasting of work done by others. Our hope is that as your faith continues to grow, our sphere of activity among you will greatly expand so that we can preach the gospel in the regions beyond you. For we do not want to boast about work already done in someone else's territory, but let the one who boasts boast in the Lord. For it is not the one who commends himself who is approved, but the one whom the Lord commends. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Joy. Good morning, church. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we come to your word this morning, we're reminded of what a 
rotten species we can be. But we're also reminded that we are a people for whom you died. Help us this morning to know ourselves better so that we can know you better. To the glory of your name. Amen. Kaiser Wilhelm, the final king of Prussia, was the favorite grandson of Queen Victoria. He looks like he's been uh, working quite hard on his Movember tash there, doesn't he? Um, he was the favorite grandson of, of Queen Victoria, and um, he became emperor of Prussia. And following the assassination of Archduke Ferdinand in Sarajevo in uh, 1914, Wilhelm encouraged the Austrians to adopt a very uncompromising stance against Serbia. He was, in effect, writing a blank check for German support in the event of war. He appeared not to realize the chain reaction that this would set in motion. Russia and her allies, France and Britain, entered the war against Germany and Austria. And um, within time, Wilhelm theoretically was the commander, but in time he tried to scale back Germany's involvement, realizing that they were out of their depth. But his generals and his politicians had pretty much got the measure of him, and they got their own way. Inevitably, Germany collapsed, and Wilhelm was forced to abdicate. He moved to the Netherlands, where he died in 1941. With great power comes great responsibility. That was true for Wilhelm, and it's true for us. We all exercise power of some sort, whether it's as simple as the choices as to what we want to eat or greater things, and we all have power exercised on us by others. It's always a bit of a juggle to combine a structured teaching program, as we have at the moment on um, 2 Corinthians and the strength of weakness, to combine that with days like today, um, events in the church or national calendar. But fortunately, um, today's passage has fallen quite nicely. As we remember, in particular, a centenary has passed since the beginning of the First World War. We are remembering how human power has been exercised for good or ill during that time, since that time. And from our passage today, which please have it open in front of you, we can learn three things about Paul's attitude to power. Firstly, choose your weapons wisely. Secondly, use your power to build up, not to destroy. And thirdly, refuse to trust your own power. Choose, use, refuse. Firstly, choose your weapons wisely. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Church, these are really strong words. Here's what I think they're not saying, right? 
I don't think they're saying, use your words as weapons against unbelievers to make really good arguments so that you can smart talk people into the kingdom of God. No, it's actually much harder than making clever arguments. You see, these arguments and pretensions exist in us. The strongholds exist in us. And they need God's supernatural power to be torn down. Church, let's not deceive ourselves. Somebody said to me this week um, that the church doesn't know how to deal with sin. And I thought about it, and I actually think, sad though it sounds, I think that's true. We have a tendency to tiptoe around our own wrongdoing and that of the people around us whom we love. We have a tendency to play a kind of I'm okay, you're okay game. We kid ourselves that we're actually quite good, really. I shared this story the other week, but I'd like to repeat it. I was reading a book by a Roman Catholic exorcist, a chap called Gabriel Amroth, and he said that the enemy doesn't particularly like being sent out of bodies during the exorcism rite. But what the enemy really, really hates is the confession of sins. Cannot stand it. It's a major stronghold. I wonder what your strongholds are. I wonder what you're defending. I've been on quite a journey with some of mine recently, and I won't bore you with them now. But um, this year in our church life, we're going to look a bit more at accountability, at about how we support one another, how we bear with one another, how we um, help each other to cope with the things that we struggle with and to keep each other right. Confession and forgiveness are so powerful, church. We're going to have a look at a clip now. Bear with the blurb at the beginning. It does take a while to get warmed up. It's from um, the HTB Leadership Conference that Steve and Simon and I went to um, last year. Now, two years ago at the Leadership Conference, I should probably say this, Nicky Gumbel shared very powerfully um, a story about how he had been on a journey with his Jewish heritage and the impact it had had on him to see what had happened to his family during the Second World War. And um, last year, something really quite lovely happened. Thank you. Um, the last person I'm going to introduce you to is, um, again, who I bumped into in, in the last uh, two or three days, is, um, I, I want to give you his full title. This will take a little bit of time, so be patient. Uh, he is Prince Philip Kirill of Prussia. His full name is Philip Kirill Friedrich Wilhelm Moritz Brozzi Tanko, Prince of Prussia. He's the son of Prince Friedrich Wilhelm of Prussia, the grandson of Prince Ludwig Ferdinand of Prussia, and the Grand Duchess Kira Kirillovna of Russia, and the great-grandson of Crown Prince Wilhelm of Prussia, and the great-great-grandson of Kaiser Wilhelm, the last Kaiser, Kaiser Wilhelm of Germany and King of Prussia, and the great-great-great-grandson of Queen Victoria and Prince Albert. <laughs> so, so it's rather amazing. He's here at this conference. This place was built by Queen Victoria in honor of your great, 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 great grandfather. So, uh, tell us, uh, what are you doing here? <laughs> 
I'm enjoying it very much. I, I love to be at Alpha and being part of Alpha. I love your great city of London, and of course, I love this building. What else could I do if, if my great, 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 and so on, grandparents built it? So. And you're here with your son? Yes, that's Paul William, easier name. Hello. <laughs> He's a worship leader? Yeah, he is. You're and a pastor, you're a Lutheran pastor? Yes, that's true. And um, he, he introduced me to all these, oh, this is Matt Redman and this is Tim Hughes <laughs> and so on. I, oh, great. Yes, I know the songs, but I didn't know who they looked like. Yeah. So you've, you, run out, you have run Alpha in your parish? Uh, not in this parish, but when I was a learning uh, pastor, then I did. And um, I'm going, I'm bound to do it in my new parish uh, too. And you're here with a specific purpose, aren't you? Yes. Um, it's not only this building which is moving me, besides Alpha, which is moving me much more, but um, you all know we are in, in the year 2014, which is 100 years um, since 1914. And in 1914, everything was kind of still fine. Um, between the big royal family, England belonging to and, and the Germans belonging to all related. My, my uh, great great grandson, a uh, grandfather was the f favorite grandson of, of Queen Victoria. And uh, he was a believer, but I guess he, he, he wasn't true in true friendship with Jesus. He, he didn't have his, his power of the Holy Spirit because actually he didn't want that, that war. But um, he wasn't strong enough to stand up against his generals and the politicians who said, well, this war is helpful and it's necessary. And we just sang, if our God is with us, then who could ever stop us? Um, who, who, could be, who could stand against? And I guess if, if he was driven by the Spirit of God, then he could have said, you can tell me what you want, I don't want this war, and here I stand, and you generals just go your way. And then it would have been fine. And so, on, on my heart is to kind of um, ask you for forgiveness for what my... <laughs> poor, poor father did. Um, the German people had to carry the price and there was much worse coming up when monarchy was gone. You know all of that, we don't have a history lesson now, but um, there has been 
much lost in, in, in Germany and throughout the world and would take too long to, to go through all this and ask for forgiveness. You, but you understood it right from my heart. But we have a God, and we, we heard it from Kay Warren, uh, who can do something with our runes. And I became a pastor because I have the strong hope that he can do something with the German people, who are, many of them are, are far from God. And um, I still have hope because we have a great God. And so please uh, pray for Germany whenever you think of them or of me. And, um, yeah, that's what I have on my heart. And Alpha will do a, a great job in Germany too. What powerful stuff, eh? The Spirit of God is at work in Europe. Weapons of humility, forgiveness, community, grace. Which brings us more briefly to our second point. Use power to build up, not destroy. In 1919, exactly five years after Archduke Ferdinand was assassinated, the Treaty of Versailles was signed. And in it was a war guilt clause. Um, it forced Germany to pay um, substantial reparations and to concede territory. Now, I'm no expert, but it has been said that the Treaty of Versailles, the First World War, was the equivalent of a bar fight. Um, at the end of which, all the chairs are broken and Germany is lying unconscious on the floor. Britain, France and America agree that because Germany threw the first punch, everything's Germany's fault. While he's still unconscious, they go through his pockets, steal his wallet and buy drinks for all their friends. Historians tell us that um, a humiliated Germany was a fertile seedbed for the kind of extreme nationalism that Hitler promoted, depicted quite nicely on the screen there. Power that's used to punish, but not to rehabilitate, is destructive, tempting though it can be. Church, that punitive use of power is not the way of Jesus Christ. The power at the center of the universe chose to lay down his rights, to become one of us, to live among us, and to die a humiliating and painful death at our hands, all to promote our self-interest, all to build us up, not to tear us down. I wonder what choices you could make this week to build people up, not tear them down. It dawned on me this week how much we talk about people behind their backs instead of saying things to their faces. Now, I'm not talking about bad things, because church, that's not something we want to do, is it? We don't want to talk about people behind their backs in a bad way. But Every week at um, the prayer meeting, we pray for people. We go through the directory, the church directory. We pray for about five people every week. And 
when we're doing this, people will say things like, thank you, Lord, for um, Joyce, or Sarah's so great, Lord, thank you for what she brings to the church. And we'll say these things in our prayers about people, but how often do we actually tell them how much we appreciate them? What a brilliant contribution they are to the body of Christ. So I've been ringing people for the last couple of weeks. I thought, I'm not having this. I'm not having this talking behind people's backs. So I've been ringing people and saying, we gave thanks for you today. People were saying how much they love you, how much they value you. Church, it's not that hard, actually. If you're going to say something about somebody, do it to build them up. Do it to their face so that they can be encouraged. Let's use our power to build one another up. Very briefly now, on to our third point. Refuse to trust in your own power. That great phrase, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. I was um, in Trafalgar Square this week, and um, I came across this. I don't know how well you can see it. It's in the subway on the way to the tube, and I think it's a representation in tiles of the death announcement of Admiral Lord Nelson. It says this, Britons, your Nelson is dead. Trust not in an arm of flesh, but in the living God. God has given us victory. His arm is not cold in death, nor is it shortened so it cannot save. Britons, fear God, fear sin, and then fear nothing. Britons, fear God, fear sin, and then fear nothing. Great words. As we heard, Kaiser Wilhelm was a believer, um, yet at crucial times he failed to see that his country's military machine was not the ultimate source of power. And before we criticise, let's look at the imperial history of the UK and indeed of the bravado of the contemporary Western military mindset. Remember what the psalmist said, don't put your trust in princes, They cannot save you. Church, Obama and NATO cannot save us. The EU can't save us. Even David Cameron cannot save us. Now, I have huge respect for all three, but church, our help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth, not his creatures. There's a really uh, famous passage in scripture in 1 Timothy 2, and it says this, I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God, our Savior. Some of these people on the screen may be more palatable to you than others. But church, you call to pray for them so that we'll all know where true power lies. We're going to do that now. Heavenly Father, help us to choose our weapons wisely. Help us to work with you to demolish those strongholds in ourselves which are keeping us from being what you want us to be in the world and in the church. Help us to use our power to build one another up, not to destroy. And help us, Father, to refuse the temptation to believe in our own power. Give us the grace to trust in you. The glory of your name. Amen.